You are listening to The Riding, NFL DFS podcast with Pat James. Welcome, everybody, to The Riding, DFS and betting podcast, the 2022 Mexico Open at Vedanta Vejarta. It is upon us. The field is weak. No one's really excited about it. But we have a course that no one has ever really dug into, right? No PGA Tour event has ever been here before. And those are the events that I have had success at in the past. You know, the concession. Last year's WGC Mexico was at the concession in Florida because of, you know, because of COVID. They didn't want to go out of the country, etc., and it was a course that never been played before uh, on the PGA Tour. We did some digging. We did some, you know, golf GPS mapping. And we hit Colin Morikawa 55 to 1. Probably would have hit him even if I didn't do all that stuff. But, you know, we're telling ourselves that. But no, in general, if it's a course that has not really been dug in too much, for whatever reason, uh, the, these, you know, debutante courses, I have some some success at over the years i don't know what it is could be you know just a low sample size yielding uh not very true results or whatever but you know basically we're going to take a look at the course we're going to take a look at the players DraftKings bets my card's already out on twitter as as i am recording this you could take a look i bet munoz at 33 kirk at 35 Smotherman at 110 and Svensson at 150 to 1. Uh, I have a lot of top 40s that I like, though. We'll get into those guys, but those are the guys you're going to play on DraftKings from, like, the cheap seats. Um, same thing with Svensson and Smotherman, though. But let's take a look at uh, what stats I put into the stat model. So, and as we go along and I explain the stats, you'll kind of get a feel for what I think the course is going to play like. No one's ever played it. You know, I did some some golf GPS type stuff. It's a resort course, right? It's made for guys from anywhere from pros, obviously, who are about to play it to like 30 handicaps who are on vacation in Mexico. Um, you know, that's what it's designed for. The fairways are wide. The rough is not penal. The greens are large. Um, there are a lot of bunkers, but overall, it's not going to be very tough. Um, and, you know, the reason that it's able to be a PGA Tour course, at least for this week or for this year, is because they lengthened it, right? So, you know, if you're a 20 handicap and you're playing here, you're on vacation, you play in Mexico, you know, you just hit from the forward tees and, and it's a, an enjoyable course, right? Because the fairways are wide, the greens are large. You can probably score from the forward tees at this course. So given that, I think the, the one of the most important things, given the length, right? There's a lot of long par fives, long par fours, long par threes. I think strokes gained off the tee and driving distance I combined here. And I think those are going to be fairly important. Obviously, strokes gained approach, opportunities gained, always in the model. Um, par five scoring, I think is going to be important because I think it might be, um, not difficult, but I don't think there's going to be as many birdies on the par four holes as we may think. Like, I, I think this is going to be a fairly easy course, but I don't think it's going to be as easy as 
people expect, right? So I'm thinking maybe like somewhere in the neighborhood of, I don't know, 18 to 20 under. I don't think it's going to be, I don't think it's going to play as like the easiest course just given the length. Um, But I do think it's going to be fairly easy. So birdies or better gained has gone into the model. Uh, Yeah, birdies or better gained. I mentioned that Greg Norman has bunkered this course pretty heavily. I have a small percentage of sand saves in there. Um, Obviously, the approach distances of 200 plus and 175 to 200, right? There's there's just a ton of long holes. It's it's going to play it's going to play as a pretty long course. So second shots are going to be in those, you know, long iron ranges. Uh, And then also obviously recent form. I did look at long slash easy courses, Um, you know, on Fantasy National, you can filter. So I, I did sort and look at who has gained the most strokes on long, easy courses. So overall, I want guys to be fairly long, fairly good with their long irons, decent out of the sand. Um, Opportunities gained, I think, is going to be important because with large greens, you want guys that are going to be throwing the closest darts, so to speak. Um, Form is important, too. I did make some exceptions for guys who don't hit the ball very far but are excellent with their long irons. A guy like Aaron Rye, he isn't the longest off the tee, but he's the best from 200-plus approaches. So even if he is a tad shorter off the tee than you would like, he still has that advantage from 200-plus where you know a lot of his iron shots are, are going to come from. All right, tops in the model. And the thing about this is, you know, a lot of this was done before Berger withdrew, before Kevin Chappell withdrew. I really liked Kevin Chappell this week. He was probably going to be a top, uh, like an FRL and a place bet and a DraftKings play, etc. But the model right now is Kirk, Smotherman, Rom, Woodland, Munoz, Finau, Aaron Rye, Adam Svensson, Aaron Rye, Aaron Wise, Aaron Rye and Aaron Wise are in this model, seven and nine, respectively. And Chad Ramey. Chad Ramey's a guy, he's really a KFT guy, a Corn Ferry Tour guy, but he's played well at the comp courses, and he ended up 11th in the model, actually 12th in the model, but Berger, Chapel are out, so he bumps up. As far as the bets, I already mentioned Munoz, Kirk, Smotherman, Svensson, Svensson are going to be my outrights. Uh, my first round leaders are Ramey, Kurt Kitayama, Adam Svensson, and, and Austin Smotherman again. And my place bets are Aaron Rye, Chad Ramey, Tyler Duncan, Anarvan Lahiri, Smotherman, and Svensson again, top 40. So I have a good bit uh, in Smotherman and Svensson. I'm having a hard time saying those two names together Smotherman and Svensson. I want to say Svotherman. And Svensson, but that is not the case. Smotherman and Svensson. So, like those guys all over the place this week, um, they had long outrights. They had they had like you know really nice place bets. I think both of them are are more than two to one. And all the guys that I bet are at least even money. I'm never gonna lay you know money on like John Rom to come top forty at minus three hundred or anything like that. I think he's probably even way way longer than that. 
this week. But, you know, I always try to stay at least around even money for my place bets. Okay, let's talk about my favorite from favorites from each salary range on DraftKings. Above 10K, I'm probably going to go Tony Finau. He comes in seventh, or excuse me, sixth in the model. Some of the some of the numbers I say in the model are going to be one or two off because of all the guys that have withdrawn. But, you know, I mean, if I say he's seventh in the model or he's 20th in the model and he's really 19th or he's really sixth, it's not that big of a deal. But the exact numbers might be off because of the guys that have withdrawn. But I do like Tony Finau. You know, he hits the long irons well. He's amazing on approach over his last 24 rounds. He's kind of like, you know, he kind of like disappeared. But I think this is a really good spot for him to get right. You know, he hits the ball a long way. And, the you know, sometimes he could be erratic off the tee, but it looks like the fairways are wide enough that that's not going to matter. I do like Tony Finau this week from that plus 10K range. I'm probably not going to have any John Rahm whatsoever. If he's going to be like 30% on DraftKings and plus 300 to win this thing, no thanks. Uh was conversing with Tyler Tambellini on Twitter, and, you know, he brought up a good point, like, I think it was him. Maybe I, I might be conflating conversations here, but you know he hasn't really even done much over the last. I said this to him. He hasn't really even done much over the last two months. Really, I mean, back he 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 contended back in January a little bit, but he's been playing terribly. And you know to think that he's just gonna hop on a plane to Mexico, despite the fact that it's a weaker field, and just absolutely annihilate the competition here. I think is it's fool's gold, and I don't I don't want really any part of them. I don't want any part of a 10K Patrick Reed or Kevin Na either, to be honest. Na really, I mean, <clears throat> obviously Kevin Na's not long off the tee. He doesn't hit his long irons especially well. The only thing you could really say for Na is anything inside of those long irons. He should be pretty solid, but I'm probably just going to stick to mostly Finau and a little bit of answer. Above 10K. Obviously, Gary Woodland, he's going to be chalk. I do like him as chalk. Um, He's really good off the tee. Hits the ball a long way. Is not always accurate off the tee, but again, we are sacrificing some accuracy this week because we don't think it's going to be as important, right? This isn't a tree-line course where you have to be deadly accurate off the tee. So I do like Gary Woodland. Um, And obviously, I bet Sebastian Munoz, so I like him. So those two will be my favorites from the 9K range. I also like Chris Kirk a lot. I bet him as well. This 9K range is very tough. Um, Guys that I'm going to avoid, I'm going to avoid Cam Champ. You know, he is, looks like he's going to be very popular this week. No thanks. He is just, number one, his approach game has been absolutely atrocious this year. Yes, he hits the ball long off the tee, but he has been one of the worst in the field. In this week's field, he's one of the worst at uh, second shots this year. So I I don't love it. I really don't love Champ, especially with the ownership that he's going to pull. Same thing for Aaron Aaron Wise, right? He came tops in my model. I think he's ninth. I don't think he warrants the buzz that he's getting. Um... You know, I would rather bet him than play him on DraftKings based on the ownership. Um, But Kirk Munoz Woodland from that 9K range 
is kind of where I'm at. I also do like Matt Jones a little bit at, at nine flat, but that is probably going to be hard to get to given the amount of, of 9K guys that I already like a little bit better than him. And the AK range is kind of like a dead zone for me. Um, we mentioned Aaron Rye. He's top 10 in the model. First in 200 plus yard approach shots. Third in opportunities gained. 11th in birdies or better gained. 20th in par 5 scoring. I think he has a pretty good week. Um, no one else had really like jumped out to me. I think Carlos Ortiz is going to be a little bit too popular for my blood. Um, Charles Howard... Howard Charles Howell III, I think, is a solid sprinkle, right? He's really, he's been playing really well. He's good out of the sand. He's good in birdie fests, too. Um, my only worry is he hasn't been superb on second shots this year either, but, you know, nowhere near as bad as Cam Champ. So I think we can have a little bit of CH3. Lonto rated out really well in the model. He almost cracked the top 10, but I just don't love what he's been doing. That's about it in the 8K range, to be honest. Then we have Chad Ramey at 7,900. Really like him. He's third in par four, or excuse me, third in par five scoring. He's really good in birdie fest. He's played comp courses to uh, Vedanta pretty well, uh, I like Honorban Lahiri a good bit. Austin Smotherman came second in my model. I mean, I've been all over Smotherman. I bet him as first-round leader a lot. We've hit a lot of top 40s on him. He's played decently well uh, over the course of this season. But I just can't ignore. So anytime a player pops in a model when they aren't necessarily playing spectacularly, it kind of means that they fit the course really well, right? So like, even though they're not finishing super high every every week, the stats that I put into the model have them finishing high, which means they the specific stats that we're targeting for this week are their wheelhouse, if that makes sense. That was, that was a tough explain for me. Right, so like guys like Rom are gonna pop every week, no matter what stats you put into the model, because he just is a good player, right? And all the stats are usually good, and no matter if I put par five scoring in or par three scoring in or whatever it is they're putting into these models, he pops. But a guy like Austin Smotherman, who you know hasn't been just piling up top tens and top twenties, when he pops, then that kind of sets off alarm bells. Because it's not just because he's just overall playing really well. It's because, you know, what he does well fits with this course. So I do like Austin Smotherman a good bit. Um, Nate Lashley is nice at 7,500. Oh, man, I was just about to say Kevin Chapel, but he has withdrawn. I Like I said before, I really liked Kevin Chapel this week. He popped um, Adam Svensson. We're going to get with him. He's ninth in approach. Top 20 in 200 plus. Top 20 in birdies better gain. Top 20 in 175 to 200. So Svensson's really good with the long irons. Really like him. Um, Tyler Duncan has stuck out to me. The thing about Duncan is he's really good on these easy courses. Um, he's been playing fairly well also. But in these birdie fests, like when the when the score is... The, the winning score is like, you know, 15 to 20 under. 
and the course plays a little bit easier, he is going to be someone that I target. Um, he just, you know, plays these easy, easier courses fairly well. He finished 17th overall in the model. Obviously, I really like Kurt Kitayama. He is, he hits the ball a long way off the tee, um, and he's good from the iron distances. He's been good on approach. Really, the only issue for him is his accuracy off the tee, which, like we said, is not going to be too much of an issue this week, we suspect. So I do like Kitayama at 7,100. Bobby Streb, I don't know if you guys remember this, but like seven years ago, Streb broke his putter uh, accidentally, you know, threw it at threw it at his bag, tossed it at his bag after he was done putting and moving on to the next hole. And it the putter head came off and he proceeded to putt with his wedge, win the tournament by putting with his wedge. I'll always remember him for that. He is uh, 7K and he, he does some, some things well that um, we want here, right? His par five scoring has been solid. You know, his overall form is really good. So I don't mind Streb. Don't love him, but he's a guy that is trending up. Meaning the more I shrunk the model down to the more recent weeks, the the higher he came in the model. So I like Streb a good bit. Once we get to the 6K range, things are looking grim, as they say. Um, I'll give you... Th- I'll give you four guys in this 6K range. You're gonna be you're gonna laugh at one of them. Um, the first is Vince Whaley. He is another good par another good par five scorer. Opportunities gained is there. He's birdie or better's gained when you know when there's easier birdie fest type tournaments. He plays well and he's decent out of the sand too. So you know the only issue for Whaley could be off the tee, but I do like him this week. Callum Taron, he's another uh, Corn Ferry guy, but has played some of the comp course as well. Eighth in strokes gained off the tee, ninth in driving distance. He's one of these new players that just smashes the ball a long way. Uh, he's another opportunity slash birdie or better guy. He will definitely uh, have an advantage in these on these easier courses than the more difficult ones, you know, they're more corn fairy like in that they are a bit easier. Um, So I think he will pop a little bit in the 6,700 area. Like there's really not a ton of guys in the 6Ks that we like. Um, So my, my lineups will probably stop at Robert Streb, and Kurt Kitayama at 7,100, 7K. But I will have a little bit of Whaley, a little bit of Tarn, and a little bit of this guy, Bobby Garrigus, the raunchiest teeth on tour. I don't even know if you can Google Bob Garrigus' teeth, but he basically has Grinch teeth, and that's what I remember about him. You know, there's certain things that you just take away from people. That Streb was putting with a wedge, Garrigus is, uh, he did like a post-round interview. This had to be like seven or eight years ago also. uh, Because how many times does Robert Garrigus do a post-round interview? And man, he looked like Beetlejuice. All right. Anyway, Garrigus rates out well, though, um, especially when you shrink the rounds. You know, he's like a riser type guy. Um, 
He is, you know, he's a good par five scorer. At least he has been recently. Good with those long irons. And, you know, ever since that Saudi announcement, he's been playing fairly well. He's been lurking on leaderboards. So I don't mind him at 6,600. I don't know if I'm ever even going to get to him, but I just needed to tell you tell you guys few people in the 6K range. All right. Rate the podcast. Review the podcast. Visit the links in the description. Get yourself some golf gear from 2Under. Go to Fantasy Points. Sign up for my in-depth article. Sign up for their PGA package, which is absolutely unreal. Like, I would not come on here and tell you guys that the PGA package is awesome if it was not. There are so many good writers that have come on board. Uh, Huntman does his course preview. It's awesome. Uh, Chris Murphy's on there. Dom Santorino. There's just an awesome, awesome group of guys. Knowledgeable, savvy betters, good DraftKings players, really good uh, team to be a part of. Sign up. You'll have my stat and research article, which is, you know, kind of this podcast in written form, but on steroids. And, you know, course previews, picks, all the, everything that you could possibly want. Um, some podcasts and things like that as well. Link for some money off is in the description of this podcast. Lastly, I am going to try to release a NFL prop bet podcast. May do it tonight once the kids are in bed. May do it tomorrow if I wake up early. Can't promise anything. However, I really want to get out a an NFL drafts NFL draft prop bet podcast and one that you guys can actually take advantage of in the here and now, right? There's two days until the NFL draft. Uh, maybe if you're listening to it on this on Wednesday, one day till the NFL draft. If you're late to the game and haven't bet a ton of stuff, I have some good ones that are still, some good props that are still sitting around the number that I got them. Um, my pet peeve is listening to a podcast and you hear a guy say, you know, that he took Trayvon Walker. Oh yeah, my favorite bet that I have on my card is uh, Trayvon Walker, 75 to 1 to be the first pick overall. Uh, that's not there now. I got that when he was a freshman in high school and I uh, attended one of his games and I saw him come off the edge and demolish a quarterback, so I put it in then. Uh, but I think it's like minus 800 now, but uh, yeah, I got it at 75 to 1. Uh, that's my favorite bet. Like, come on with that stuff. It's the same thing where guys like are posting that they have, you know, Brooks Kepka at a thousand to one to win the Masters because they parlayed it with seven NFL bets six months ago. Like I don't we don't care about that. We want to know what the frig we could bet right now. So I will try to get something actionable posted within the next twelve hours. If not, I'm not gonna be able to get to it, but it may pop up in your feed fairly soon. All right, guys, good luck at Mexico and in your NFL draft bets. See ya.